You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Do you find it hard to sleep at night? Then the Sleep Cove Podcast can help you. Hi, I'm Christopher Fitton, the voice and clinical hypnotherapist behind Sleep Cove. Sleep Cove features sleep hypnosis, meditations and bedtime stories, all designed to help those of you who struggle at night to achieve a restful and peaceful night's sleep. Search for Sleep Cove on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and see why Sleep Cove helps millions of people sleep deeply all night long. Do you find it hard to sleep at night? Then the Calm Cove podcast can help you sleep deeply all night long. Calm Cove has deeply relaxing meditation music and ambient sounds like ocean waves and crackling fires. All of our episodes are designed to help you relax and to fall asleep fast. Calm Cove is brought to you by the team behind Sleep Cove, the sleep podcast that consists of spoken word hypnosis, meditation and stories. So if you want to listen to a beautiful soundscape tonight, search for Calm Cove on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and see how we're helping millions of people relax and go to sleep every night. I feel like who art ed? Who art ed? Mr. Wood, art ed, me. Either way, it's ambiguous. It works on so many levels. I know. That's off to a great start. Welcome to Who Arted, where we explore visual arts in an audio medium. I'm your host, Kyle Wood, and this week's Fun Fact Friday is going to focus on the Eiffel Tower. In the late 19th century, a World's Fair was a really big deal. In a time when most people lived their entire lives within a 20-mile radius of where they were born, the fairs were a rare opportunity for people to experience the best of various cultures through grand exhibitions. In 1889, the city of Paris created a display that would become a cultural landmark for generations to come. The idea was to create a building 300 meters tall. For listeners in the United States, a meter is a unit of measure in a much simpler and more logical base 10 metric system that pretty much everyone else in the world is using. 300 meters is just a bit more than 300 yards, or about 1,000 feet. The Eiffel Tower was by far the largest structure built at the time. The previous record holder was the Washington Monument in Washington, D.C., the United States, standing at about 555 feet or 169 meters tall. Eiffel was an entrepreneur, and he had two engineers working with him to plan the Iron Tower, but not everyone was on board with the design. Audiences today may be surprised to hear that many Parisians thought the design was an eyesore and a blight on their beautiful city. They actually commissioned an architect to work on the design to try to make it a little less ugly. He drafted arches, glass-walled halls on the entry level, stonework around the base, and other ornamental details throughout the structure. Ultimately, they stripped it down to a more utilitarian structure, but they kept his idea of arches at the base. The form of the tower is largely designed by the engineer's calculations to cut down on wind resistance. The primary resistance, though, came from writers and artists who criticized the tower throughout its construction. I think my favorite description came from Francois Copier. 
He called it this mast of iron gymnasium apparatus, incomplete, confused, and deformed. Ouch. Of course, this criticism faded as the World's Fair began and the tower was a huge hit. Over two million visitors came to marvel at it. While it did prove successful, the Eiffel Tower was not intended to be a permanent fixture in the city. It was built to wow visitors for the fair and then to be torn down later. Eiffel only had a permit to have the structure stand for 20 years. Now, this idea that the tower would be temporary provided an interesting opportunity for another sort of creative visionary. A truly remarkable con artist named Victor Lustig sold the tower for scrap. Two times. While truly awful, his plan was quite clever. He posed as an official with the French government, but he didn't claim, like, the highest status post. I mean, he... He claimed that he was up there in the government, but not in like a high-profile position that people would know he didn't occupy. He pretended to be sort of an upper, mid-level government official. He met with heads of various scrap iron companies, telling them that because the sensitive nature of such a high-profile project, he was trying to meet with people discreetly to get bids for the roughly 7,300 tons of iron used to build the tower. He then met privately with the least successful of the bidders, sort of an up-and-coming businessman, and he tried to appear empathetic. He told the guy, like, look, I know you're up-and-coming, it's hard to compete with these bigger companies, I feel for you, I'm just a mid-level government employee, I'm struggling too, maybe we can help each other out. He actually got the guy to bribe him for the contract for all the scrap iron, which did a few things. It made him seem a little more credible to the guy he was conning, but more importantly for Lustig, it made his mark less likely to report the crime, as doing so would not only be embarrassing, but it would also implicate him for bribery. Lustig got the money, then fled to Austria, where he watched the papers to see if there were reports of his crime. He was correct that the businessman would be too embarrassed to report the crime. He didn't want that sort of bad press to, you know, impact his business. In the ultimate show of hubris, Lustig returned to Paris and attempted to repeat the same scam. The second time around, though, it was not so successful and he ended up fleeing the country yet again. He went on to carry out numerous other audacious crimes before he was arrested and sent to the notorious Alcatraz prison in the United States. The tower was never sold for scrap, of course. It stands today as one of the most recognizable symbols of the city of Paris. Just to wrap things up, here are a few extra fun facts about the tower. It is a few meters taller today than it was when it was built in 1889 due to antennae that have been added to the top. Because heat makes metal expand, the Eiffel Tower stands a bit taller in the summer. It even bends slightly away from the sun as the iron on the sunny side will expand a few inches more than the iron on the shady side. Finally, to prevent all that iron from rusting, the entire tower needs to be repainted every seven years. And I gotta say, if I had to repaint a thousand-foot tower every seven years, I could totally see where it would be tempting to sell it for scrap. This concludes this week's episode of Who Arted? If you found this tolerable, please like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. 
You can find images of the work being discussed this week and every week in the show notes on Twitter at WoodArtEd and on the website whoartedpodcast.com. Podcast done.